Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the Liberal Cube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Liberal Cubicalist. Ooh, is my voice sounding extra sexy this morning? A little bit. Could be that uh, it's early. Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, but also, I haven't recorded in a in a hot minute, so you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's saved up some sexiness. The the sexiness levels have have risen. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this podcast, what is it? Well, you obviously can't tell from the first couple of uh, seconds because it'd be ridiculous if it was just me talking about the sexiness levels of my voice. That would be dumb. Why would you listen to that? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. What it is is, it's a double is, what it is is that I consume vast quantities of media. Why do I do such a thing? Well... The world is a horrible piece of shit. Dumpster fire is a word, uh, a phrase rather, that gets thrown around. I'm not going to use that phrase because it is overused, but you get the picture. So to escape from this dumpster fire, okay, I lied, I did use it. Uh, I, you know, escape into the world of uh, uh, movies, television, games, books, internets. So, you know. I bring them back here. I talk about them. Why do I do that? Well, because if I don't, you know, am I just going to consume all this and not talk about it with anyone? That seems like a waste. Rather, I will pour it forth into the internet for you, the listener. Now, I could say the listeners, but there's not many of you. So it's funnier if I just pretend there's one of you. Yes, you, Gregory McManuson. Oh man, that would be really cool if someone named Gregory McManuson was listening to this because I just made that name up. Imagine. Imagine if you will, you're Gregory McManuson listening to the pod- this podcast that not many people listen to and suddenly someone speaks directly to you. He, he could have been driving and, and I spooked him and he drove off the road and he's now a monologue today's movie monologue sponsor is bond brand martini shakers thank you for that sponsorship i just realized sometimes which you know kind of makes sense my little uh, bumpers my little movie monologue uh, you know sound there to indicate that we're moving into <laughs> segments of the show sometimes they are apt in that they contain sounds from the movies that i watched for example no time to die and, you know, the James Bond theme was in that. So that's a thing. <clears throat> yeah, I uh, finally watched this one. The last of the, oh, you know what I should say? As I should say at the top of every show, 
And I'm going to say now and put a little oomph into it, put a little emphasis into this particular one. I feel a cough coming one sec. There you go. I paused it. The recording, that is. Which sometimes I don't do because I don't feel the coughs coming. But I just got a new uh, little coffee maker. And I think it, like, little gritty the coffee, maybe. I don't know. That's what it felt like. So, not recommend to... Should I give you the brand? Uh, no, that's too much work. Anyways, as I was saying... Jesus, tangent. Uh, at the top of every show, I should give a sort of, you know, just mention, if you will, and I hope you will, the possibility that you have not consumed some of this media yourself. And I don't want to ruin it for you. I don't want to spoil it for you. So I sort of warn of that as a possibility, which is what this is, a spoiler warning. So you could read the episode description, and if you don't want things spoiled, well then fuck off. Uh, sometimes unusual, sudden, ridiculous levels of aggression are humorous. I hope. Speaking of aggression, James Bond. <laughs> Bond, James Bond. No Time to Die from 2021. Two hours and 43 minutes. And I got to say, it didn't feel that long. Which is uh, just right there, right? That just sort of an impressive feat. Like, uh, uh, I've watched shorter movies that have seemed longer, hey? Eh? Not bad at all. I guess it was also the fact that... When was the last one? I feel like we haven't had a James Bond movie in a while. And since a youth, I have been a uh, James Bond fan. I had uh, all the... Uh, I wish I knew exactly, but I had all the, uh, Sean Connery, all the Roger Moore, uh, Timothy Dalton, I think, and I think into the Pierce Brosnan's on VHS. I had the VHS James Bond set. <laughs> I, uh, eventually moved on to the DVDs. Um, and I think I have, I, I kind of stopped when it came to Daniel Craig. And just started watching. Not that I don't like Daniel Craig. Ooh, you know what? This is the perfect opportunity to rate Bonds. James Bonds. Uh, uh, which I, uh, I, I almost 100% positive every time I watch a James Bond movie, I will do this. Or even just if James Bond comes up, uh, my, my James Bond rating scale. I wonder if it's changed. <laughs> no, I feel like it's pretty consistent. Uh, okay, so my favorite James Bond is uh, Sean Connery. Followed by... Um, Roger Moore, then, uh, George Lazenby, I enjoyed his, his, his one outing, then, uh, Pierce Brosnan, uh, who I also enjoyed, uh, then, uh, Daniel Craig, yeah, he's, he's, he's adequate, he, he's, he's not my favorite, clearly, it was his indication on the list, uh, 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 you know, indicates, uh, then last and, uh, least who I really, uh, I just kind of didn't like for some reason, uh, Timothy Dalton. Uh, am, am I forgetting someone? No, I, I think I'm good. Anyways, uh, yeah, so this is the end of, uh, the run of, uh, uh Daniel Craig, and they're going to be looking for a new Bond right now. Hopefully they do something different. I'm hoping they sort of pursue the idea uh, that it doesn't have to be a, uh, you know, a white dude <laughs> that would, you know, why not do that? Why not have some representation of someone other than a white dude? Uh, that would be good. Also, uh, you know what? Interesting time right now, uh, I've just realized, in that 
uh, we're looking currently, I, I mean, we, the, the viewing audience is currently uh, awaiting word <clears throat> on who the next James Bond will be. And also, who the next Doctor Who will be, which is both sort of very uh, uh, British institutions, you could say. Uh, although I guess James Bond is more, uh, uh, you know, Hollywood or whatever. Uh, okay, so back to No Time to Die. Um, you know, kind of hard to talk about James Bond movies and that they all share the similarities of it's an action movie. It's an action movie with certain elements that tend to appear in all of them. Um... I feel like Daniel Craig ones don't have some of the things that I like from, uh, say, especially like a Roger Moore one, like, like a little, uh, like a little camp. I like a little, uh, a little more humor in this because it's like a ridiculous world. Like there, there's not spies out there. Well, there is, but there's not spies out there in fucking car chases every day and blowing shit up. Uh, sure. Maybe it happens, but for the most part, I bet you, uh, <laughs> spying is probably a pretty boring, uh, uh, IRL job that people have as opposed to, you know, you're not going to be fucking James Bond out there doing cool shit, drinking martinis and playing Baccarat. Uh, so why not amp up that ridiculousness with a little, uh, you know, silliness almost like Roger Moore, uh, in particular, I, I, I think that was more a sign of the times, his sort of eighties, uh, sort of vibe in some of them as well. So, you know, maybe that's another reason why I didn't gravitate towards Daniel Craig uh, ones. I, I never disliked them, but they all have sort of melded together in my brain a little bit, whereas I feel like I can picture individual uh, uh, scenes and movies from uh, previous Bond inter inter iterations. Sure. Uh, uh, whereas these, you know, uh, part of it also is that the, these ones more of an ongoing story where uh, uh, you would need to watch another episode to know what's happening in, in the one after it. So more serialized, I suppose you would say, which uh, is a route I don't enjoy. I, I wish it was more self-contained uh, uh, stories. Okay, so now that I've <laughs> poo-pooed it all, I still did like it. It's still a great action movie. Uh, Rating-wise, hmm. it's tough. Uh, I think just four. Yeah, it's definitely not a five, and I debate going a three. <laughs> three, if you are unfamiliar, is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. But I can see situations where I would do a, you know, Bond Marathon. Uh, then there's the, you know, down the road where, you know, start at the beginning and watch them all. Uh, doing that... You know, I, I, I definitely realize that uh, some of the, uh, this, e even these later ones, but particularly the, uh, the, the earlier ones, maybe uh, don't quite stand up to the test of time in uh, some social regards, let's say. Uh, so, you know, take that as you will, as you will. Speaking of taking things as you will, is that a segue that makes sense? Maybe it does. Uh, movie the second, Into the Wild, from 2017. You know what? I just realized two hours and 28 minutes long. So this is also a long movie and also did not feel that long, which is pretty cool. Uh, this is starring uh, uh, Emile Hirsch, who I've seen from time to time. Uh, and I think, you know what? He's becoming an actor who uh, I'm sort of putting into the category of 
uh, 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 actors who, if they are in a thing, the thing will probably be good. Uh, Yeah, Uh, it's sort of a a nebulous category of actors I have. Like John Goodman's in that that category is the first one that hops to mind. Uh, Into the Wild, uh, which is, I learned, (laughs) it's funny because uh, uh, another uh, category, since we're categorizing things, that uh, this movie will fall into is uh, movies I didn't realize were based on a true story until I got to the end and it was showing, you know, the the pictures of the the real people and uh, where they are now sort of thing, so... (laughs) Yeah. After graduating from Emory University, uh, top student and athlete Christopher McCandless, McCandles? McCandless, abandons his possessions, gives his entire savings account to charity, and hitchhikes to Alaska to live in the wilderness. Along the way, Christopher encounters a series of characters that shape his life. Yeah. This was, you know, a further categorization, uh, a movie that I watched uh, on a morning where I was up way too early. <laughs> Occasionally, I'll do this thing, which is annoying. Um, a lot of the time, actually, I'll get up, you know, three o'clock in the morning, whatever. Uh, I'll be able to get back to sleep until, you know, I have to get up at whenever. Uh, occasionally, occasionally from time to time, which is what occasionally means, uh, I will get up at that three o'clock in the morning and just know, just somehow deep down in my sort of cells, I will know there's no way I'm getting back to sleep. Uh, yeah, it's annoying, but also gives me the opportunity to watch movies like this. Like there's certain (laughs) somehow, some way there's certain movies that fit that vibe, that up way too early and know you're not going to get back to sleep. Don't want to get in bed out of bed, uh, movies. Uh, some th- characteristics of those movies are long. Yeah. Like a, a, a two hour movie. So at least you're not getting up until, you know, five o'clock at least that's something, uh, that's good. Uh, relaxing, you know, you don't want an action movie. You don't want a lot of uh, quick cuts jumping around. Uh, documentaries can work. Although, you know, I prefer something with a story, something that you could sort of get a little more engaged with, uh, a fictionalized, uh, like, like this, a, a fictionalized retelling of actual events that works well. Uh, uh, just, just sort of chill, you know, finding chill movies is not necessarily uh, a, an easy task, I think, because maybe chill movies, you know, they're not quote unquote blockbusters often. They're a little more uh, artistic, I suppose. Yeah, that's something you could say. Um, this one also has the the added, I was going to say benefit, but I don't necessarily know if it is. Uh, 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 you know, in, in a post-episode 600 world, we'll, we'll be talking about this stuff more often, but I might as well just throw it in now. Um, one of the, I guess, signs, you would say, of uh, when I feel, you know, a, a bout of depression coming on is that uh, uh, that the feeling of just wanting to run away, like uh, the, this uh, McCandless did here. Just like, uh, you know, uh, gonna go west, go out to BC, just drive out there, leave everything behind, you know, move into the woods, uh, thoughts of that sort of nature. Um, that's one of the uh, warning signs I have that uh, if I'm headed towards a belt of depression and want to do something about it, when I, you know, uh, go see the therapist when uh, those, those those feelings start to intensify because I recognize them. Fortunately, 
after years of you know sort of dealing with that sort of stuff you uh you won uh, you know what i i can't say that i i'll say i because i don't know if this is a universal truth but uh, uh i at least recognize signs that i'm heading towards that uh, the dark road literal and figurative Ooh, wow uh yes yeah, so uh that was the other reason why watching this <laughs> both good because you know it, uh, it it's it's a feeling i recognize but then also a little scary because then it starts to build that feeling in you watching something like this like yeah that does sound cool now <laughs> spoiler the guy does die <laughs> uh so you know that uh you know <laughs> helps i suppose although if you're heading down those uh, uh, uh depression potentially suicidal uh, 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 thoughts anyways the fact that he dies is maybe not a deterrent which is a, a further scary thought jesus that got dark right but you know that's just the sort of thing we have to look forward to in a post episode 600 world where we'll delve more into that sort of stuff is my hope is my hope into the wild rating really liked it four and change out of five Moving on to, from 2019, The Lighthouse. What the fuck? Uh, yes, yeah, so this is a very strange movie. It's one I watch with the missus, who, uh, if you are a longtime listener, first of all, I love you. Second of all, you will know she's not a big fan of weird movies. <laughs> so did not care for this one. Uh, it's, it's also one that appeared... And the reason we watched it is because, uh, it, you know, she loves horror movies. I, you know, I, I don't mind them. It's maybe not my favorite genre, but uh, I definitely do like it. Um, so this uh, would repeatedly show up when we were searching for, you know, the next horror movie to watch. And I'd always look to, you know, uh, uh, we watched trailer. Uh, uh, the description sounds interesting. Um so we said a couple times, you want to watch this? And we'd be like, yeah, maybe. Uh, and then we would find something else to watch. Uh, uh, eventually, I just said, okay, well, you know, we've said a bunch of times we're going to watch this. Let's just watch this. Like, we were debating what to watch. We did, you know, you spend 10, 15 minutes looking for something. And eventually, at least for me, I'm like, fuck, let's just watch something. I don't care. <laughs> so we put this on. And uh, it's very, well, let me read the MDM. Maybe that'll shed some light. House. Two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Uh, the two individuals, portrayed by uh, uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Goddamn Defoe, fucking right on. Uh, yeah, uh, Robert Pattinson, I, I haven't really seen, like, I've never seen the Twilight series. I know... Uh, I've never really seen him in like a, a, a role like this, but uh, I thought he was actually really, really good. Uh, you know, maybe not surprising that uh, a young actor who uh, seemingly in a movie that did very, very well uh, ends up being, you know, in uh, as he has aged, become a good actor. It's happened before. Look at, uh, you know, Emma Watson and uh, what's his nuts? <laughs> Harry Potter. Uh, it, it's not impossible. They, they, they pick when you're making these, you know, multi-billion dollar movies and you need young actors, you're probably going to uh, have tools at your disposal to find a good one. So it's no surprising that as they get older, they're probably going to be good actors. Uh, and then fucking Willem Dafoe, man. Jesus Christ. He's uh, definitely, 
definitely in that aforementioned category of if he is in a thing, that thing is going to be good. Just period, full stop. He, he, he's very high on that list, on, on, on that categorized list. Uh, now, all that being said, man, this thing is just a lot of like sort of, you know, you get some dream sequences or are they? You get some very bizarre uh, uh, visuals, uh, up to and including the fact that the whole movie's in black and white. Yes, that's, uh, uh, you know, an interesting choice. But what was even more interesting, I found, was the aspect ratio. I think it was 14 by 9. I kept expecting, you know, sometimes when you watch a, a movie, maybe it'll start in that aspect ratio, but then something that will happen and it'll sort of open up. I kept expecting that to happen and was, like, looking out for it, I found. Um... Yeah, how do I even rate this one? I, I, I think I'm still going to have to go three and change because I did enjoy it. And something I like of a weird movie, and this comes up a lot, is the fact that uh, I like a movie where I don't know where it's going. And here, I didn't know where it was going and quite often didn't know what was happening. <laughs> uh, it, it's just like a, a, a real true descent into madness. Uh, yeah, it, it was a thing to behold for sure. And, uh, would I recommend it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, it would be very sort of person dependent, I think, on who I would recommend this to. And the list of people I would recommend it to would be small, and currently I can't think of anyone I would. <laughs> but, uh, you know what, I, I, I liked it. I, I, un, un, under everything all, I liked it. And, uh... Uh, just just these two characters like that's basically they're they're it the whole movie is these two on this small island quite often in just one room so you know i, I like a movie like that as well uh yeah the lighthouse moving on to this button <coughs> television talk Today's Television Talk sponsor is 40 Things That Are All The Same and Could Fit On A Towel and Are The Best. Thank you for that sponsorship. Alright, we're talking Taskmaster Season 12, or if you're over in, uh, you know, jolly old, Series 12, which I don't like calling, because then what do you call an entire grouping of a television show? They don't have a word for it. I have checked with a British person, so I call it Season 12. Uh, anyways, yeah, uh, Taskmaster, fucking love it. Uh, one thing I will say, and this is off the record, this is allegedly, but uh, uh, on the Taskmaster YouTube channel, if you live in certain countries, Canada being one of them, uh, you're no longer able to watch full episodes. So, perhaps, potentially, you have to be sneaky about it. <laughs> so uh yeah anyways we're here to talk about the entire season that i have watched allegedly all right let me run down the uh contestants all right we've got gus khan yes uh I'll, I'll do the ones i wasn't aware of before it's before it started first so gus khan uh had not uh, did not recognize him uh, and, and let me just preface all of these names of the ones I haven't recognized them with me saying, yes, I did not recognize them before the show started. Yes, I now love them dearly. 
as has happened with all episodes, all seasons of Taskmaster. Uh, there's been the occasional person I haven't recognized, and then by the end, I have fallen deeply and madly in love with them, such as Guz Khan. Uh, 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 Morgana Robinson, for example. Uh, uh, Desiree Birch. Yeah, did not recognize. She was American, uh, which was interesting. Uh, occasionally, they'll get a a non uh, a non UK participant, such as her. Uh, yeah, she was a goddamn delight. Ditto Morgana. <laughs> Morgana was like a little crazy, and I loved her. I loved her. I loved I loved them all. Uh, uh, and then the two I did recognize, uh, Alan Davies, of course, from, uh, uh, QI, probably most notably. So, you know, I've been watching him for years and years and years on that and, you know, appearing on other things, super funny, super quick, uh, a, a good sort of comic foil. And, uh, you know, I, I actually like seeing the, uh, and, and they made fun of this a couple of times, like, uh, the older contestants on this, just because I think, it's fun to see, uh, like you think, especially with, uh, I'll just say this next contestant, Victoria Corin Mitchell, excuse me, <coughs> Victoria Corin Mitchell, uh, not that she's old, although they did make fun of, uh, uh, her quite often putting her in the same category with Alan, who was quite a bit older, uh, just because the other three were, uh, you know, a fair amount younger, I'd say. Anyways, uh, it, it's fun to see, uh, uh, I'm just gonna say the older people, you know, relatively speaking on this show who you think are going to be sort of old and wise and then end up being neither, <laughs> uh, particularly in the case of Victoria Corn Mitchell, who is definitely 100% a very smart person, like easily probably on this show contestants, hosts, hell, people involved behind the scenes. She's probably just one of the smartest people, uh, uh, you know, famously an intelligent person. And I'll give a bit of a spoiler. She came in last, <laughs> which, you know, these, uh, uh, oh, you, you know what I should maybe say, just in case you're not familiar with Taskmaster, you're probably like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? Uh, and that's my issue that I haven't explained. Taskmaster is a show in which a group of, you know, uh, uh, comedians, yeah, we'll just boil that down. Comedians, presenters, whatever, uh, compete in a series of tasks in order to accrue points and then win, uh, you know, uh, ridiculous prizes that mean nothing. Uh, it, all for the purposes of comedy and entertainment, and it's a goddamn delight. Anyways, uh, yeah, Victoria <laughs> uh, just did bad, <laughs> did bad at stuff. Like came in last by like a, a significant margin, uh, which which is amazing because, you know, as I say, famously intelligent. But I guess these tasks are not necessarily geared towards people with book smarts. You know, it, I, I don't know necessarily if I'm a fan of breaking smarts into book smarts and street smarts. It always felt a little, I don't know, a little off to me. Like that was a thing. Like, are, are, is it two different things really? Like if you're super smart, yeah, I, I suppose it does kind of make sense. And you know what? This show is probably good evidence that it actually is a thing, that there is a difference between quote-unquote book smarts and street smarts, because while Victoria has uh, uh, ample 
book smarts, the street smarts, the, 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 to figure out ridiculous games like this, perhaps not as strong a muscle in her, for example. Yeah. So interesting to see people, uh, react to these things from that perspective, uh, also react while under pressure because despite the fact that, you know, this game doesn't really mean anything. The points are, you know, who really cares other than I suppose the pride of winning anything. Uh, it's just sort of interesting. Very, very interesting. Let me read, uh, I've got the Wikipedia open. Let me just read a few at random tasks. Uh, okay. So, um, okay. Completely paint the space hopper green without making any mess. Uh, the space hopper. Okay. So they had a ball, uh, on a sort of all white surface. Yeah. Completely paint this, this ball green without making any mess. The entire ball must be green. The entire, uh, ball must stay in the dome. When you are satisfied that you are finished, put your hands on your hips and bow deeply to your green ball. Fastest and least messy wins. Yeah, so, you know, you're going to paint a ball with green paint and you can't make a mess. How do you go about that? Um, some did better than others. Some had it painted better. Some had less mess. Interesting. Uh... uh, uh. Prevent Alex from scoring a goal. The ball and the goalpost must be on their spots when Alex attempts to score the ball, score a goal. You must be 12 yards from the ball when Alex attempts to score the goal. Slowest goal scored by Alex wins. Yeah, so a lot of people just piled a bunch of shit in front of the goal. Uh, I think one of them, if I recall, put a bathtub over the ball. Pretty good. Uh, 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 there was some just, you know, plain old goaltending at some points. You know, how would you go about that? Interesting. Uh, that's the other thing I love of this is just sort of seeing people's processes, processes on how they would complete these various tasks, uh, combined with thinking, okay, if I was there, how would I do that? And then there's the whole hindsight 2020 of, uh, uh, you know, oh man, what an idiot. Why would they do that? <clears throat> Why wouldn't they do this? That, that, that feeling of superiority that comes with uh, uh, watching people compete in this in this show, despite the fact that, you know, you probably wouldn't do as good. Jeez. Or would you? I don't know. Maybe you would do amazing. Uh, <laughs> write and perform a 30-second jingle. You must reach into the barrel to find the subject of your jingle. Then pop a balloon to discover the instrument that you must play under your jingle for example. So you get some, you know, get some creative, you get some physical, you get some, uh, uh, thoughtful, all sorts of different tasks, uh, like for an episode times 10 episodes, you're going to shit ton of tasks, man. Master rating wise, whatever. I don't rate uh, TV shows typically, but, uh, obviously five out of five cause the uh, taskmaster is fucking awesome. Moving on to this button. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor is Jacost's Ranger Academy. Thank you for that sponsorship. 
All right, uh, this uh, particular item could have potentially gone in the Internet Intercourse seg section, although I haven't had a game gabbing in a while because I haven't been gaming in a while, so, you know, I figured what the hell. Uh, I'm talking Zone of Adventure, colon, Imbalance. Uh, 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 this thing, which you may or not may or may not be aware of. Yeah, so uh, the Adventure Zone uh, Balance was, I think, maybe not the first D&D actual play podcast I ever listened to. Uh, I think maybe Nerd Poker might have been before it. Uh, not, of course, counting uh, I Hit It With My Axe, which definitely was the first. Um, but that wasn't a podcast, really, because I don't think podcast existed <laughs> necessarily at the time that I watched that. Anyways... Uh, so what they've done here is uh, uh, Abria Iyengar, who uh, recently, if you were at all in D&D circles, you will know who that is, uh, uh, you know, been running stuff for Critical Role, been running stuff just all over the place. It's seemingly an insanely busy woman, like just mind bogglingly busy, the, the amount of shit she's got on the go. It's, 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 it's crazy to watch and, and a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, it, it, it does have that sort of, uh, <laughs> what's that thing I keep saying? Uh, stop, uh, glamorizing the grind and start gram, gram, <laughs> glamorizing whatever this is and then there's a picture of like this mouse with like a cup of tea uh, like knitting by a cozy fire <laughs> I keep seeing it and I fucking love it it's like embedded in my brain now anyways uh, so she does grind but uh, she's definitely getting her done uh, and this was a delight to watch because she uh, uh, took the uh, Adventure Zone balance arc, which was from way back when, and uh, didn't realize this until the final of these three uh, sort of mini episodes, this this mini arc that uh, uh, she said to the uh, McElroy family, who are the players of this game, uh, that it was the first uh, actual play podcast that sort of got her into this hobby, this well, for her job now. So that was a delight to see. And you could kind of tell throughout, which I enjoyed, that she did have not only knowledge, but love of the uh, the, the material. Uh, uh, the Adventure Zone uh, Balance Arc is uh, a, a podcast that I have spoken of many times on this one. It is one of only two, I believe only two, uh, podcasts that I ever went back to the beginning and re-listened to. It is one that I famously saved the last episode for uh, the day that I got my wisdom teeth out so I would have something to listen to and then was so fucking high on drugs that I forgot everything that I listened to and had to re-listen to it. You know, just as an example. Uh, so what this did was uh, it took those characters from that arc... Uh, brought them into the future, you know, uh, however many years, uh, and, and then sort of checked in. Where are they now? Gave them a little, uh, a, a, a little story revolving around that. Also, uh, I don't remember what level they were when that arc uh, when that arc ended, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't 17, <laughs> which is, uh, which is, or maybe it was. Uh, they were pretty high. I don't think it was 17 though. Anyway, so uh, Abria ballsy maneuver yeah and you know i've seen her do a lot of ballsy things this is definitely going on the list of ballsy things uh, uh had them uh, level their characters up to level 17 if you know anything of D, &D the higher the level they uh your your players 
characters are, uh, kind of the, the, the more difficult it is to run sessions for, to make things challenging, because level 17 D&D characters can do a lot of shit. They're, you know, godlike powers. Level 20 characters, you're basically a god <laughs> at that point. Uh, so it, it was fun to see that. Uh, one thing I liked, though, that sort of probably helped uh, balance a bit was uh, Taco, uh, uh, one of the characters played by one of the McElroy brothers, uh, decided uh, he was a super powerful wizard back then, but decided that he's quote unquote, no longer using magic. So that, you know, helped, uh, helped a, a significant amount. I think when you have a super powerful wizard that can basically bend space and time, that makes things uh, even more difficult. So, uh, either that was something, you know, discussed beforehand, or, uh, he just decided to be nice to Abrea and not have this, uh, uh, crazy powerful wizard. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, also, uh, Griffin, who ran the original campaign, uh, was obviously not running this because Abrea was so, uh, decided to take one of the NPCs in the form of Davenport, uh, in the form of Davenport, uh, uh and cr- turn it into a character that was like a, a really crazy, uh, artificer. I assume it was a armorer just be- uh, a subclass just because he had crazy high AC, like ridiculous high AC. So that's probably what it was. Uh, I, I think I recognize some armor thing. They didn't do too much fighting, which sort of makes sense as well, because, you know, when you're level 17, both you and the things you are fighting have a lot of hit points, which means battles can take a long time. And this was just three, uh, you know, hour and a half long, give or take, uh, episodes. So it was like a, like a short little, uh, little arc, uh, uh, one shot almost, uh, you, you could classify it. Uh, uh, Abria did some cool stuff as well involving time where it was like sort of traveling to... Uh, or visiting or, or, or discussing or whatever, uh, uh, things that happened in that original arc and how they, uh, uh, could be changed or fixed or, 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 or how the, the big bad of, uh, of this, uh, uh, one shot, uh, wanted to affect things that happened in the past. So she sort of, uh, what I loved about that and why I am so, so very envious of her is now with critical role and this, she has sort of really put her stamp, uh, her, her, her flair, her, her, her storytelling into sort of, uh, forcefully injected her, 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 storytelling into these amazing, uh, uh, properties. So, uh, man, that, how cool would that be? Just like, that's like uh, above bucket list. What's, 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 what's more than bucket list barrel list. Uh, let's just push this button anyways loved it needless to say imbalance also perfect and uh, perfect name <laughs> Charlie Charlie bit me internet intercourse I like turtles Today's internet intercourse sponsor is Daddy Spool's Daycare. Thank you for that sponsorship. Item the first, The Last Laugh. Oh, yes, that podcast that I've spoken of several times. Uh, 
Uh, they had on two great guests, which uh, uh, I listened to the episode. Uh, well, f- I'll say it this way. Uh, I saw the episode, knew it would be amazing, uh, listened to it, and it was. Guests were Bodcat Goldwaith and Dana Gould. Yes, two super, super funny uh, comedians uh, together at last, apparently. Uh, it, it's a it's a comedy team up that I didn't know I wanted, <laughs> which I love it when things like that happen. Like, uh, who else did that happen with? Um, oh yeah. Uh, uh, Kasim G and, uh, Kevin Pereira. Like I, I never really thought of them together, but, uh, I've been watching a, a fair amount of G4, uh, lately. So seeing them together has been a delight. Uh, ditto Bobcat and Dana Gold, which, uh, learned some interesting things, how it seemed like back in the day, cause there are comedians who've been around since the eighties, both of them, uh, back in the day, they didn't like one another, uh, <laughs> like actively did not like one another, which is a uh, sort of fascinating. Uh, they have a movie out. Uh, I am going to watch it at some point. Oh shit. What's it called? Oh wait, I have the link open here to their episodes. Bobcat, uh, Joyride. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, which is a documentary about sort of a, a life on the road uh, of a stand-up comedian from the sounds of it, which uh, obviously right up my alley. Can't, want, uh, can't wait to watch it. Um, so, you know, uh, they're sort of doing the rounds a little bit, promoting that, I think. Uh, uh, and this podcast is a great choice because uh, host... Uh, is it Jesse David Ferguson? Uh, the right host? Shit. <laughs> what a not professional I am, which is why I get paid the no bucks. Anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, perfect uh, reason for them to be on this and sort of come and discuss comedy from the point of view of people who have been doing it you know, forever. Uh, 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 yeah, uh, they've got great stories. They've got great chemistry. Uh, it's a great episode. Great, 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 great. Listen to it. And, uh, you know what? Do as I do with a new podcast. You know, here's a little, uh, internet intercourse podcast listening tip from someone who's addicted to podcasts. Uh, pick, you know, one, two, three, four, whatever, uh, at least one episodes of a podcast you haven't listened to go through their back catalog find one with a guest or a subject if it doesn't have guests uh that appeals to you listen to that one if you didn't like it at all you know you can give up if you liked it a little bit try another one if you liked it a lot hey there you go you're hooked you're hooked Moving on to, oh yeah, uh, so I did, uh, you know, to sort of tie things together a little bit, uh, and very rarely do I plan content uh, consumption like this, but uh, in this case, obviously I had to. After watching No Time to Die, uh, you know, from the movie monologue section, remember that? Remember me talking about James Bond? Uh, There was a a, a bunch of uh, James Bond... Uh, uh, no time to die podcast that sort of came out around the same time, which, you know, that makes sense. Uh, obviously one of them, James bonding, mm-hmm. uh, James bonding, uh, a podcast that I, uh, greatly enjoyed, uh, hasn't really been around so much. Uh, basically it is now a, a James Bond podcast that only, uh, makes an episode when a new James Bond, uh, movie comes out. Uh, so that, that's always something to look forward to. <laughs> you know, I just realized sort of funny. Like I look forward probably 
I was going to say more. I don't know if it's more, but it's probably on par. Yeah, let's say that. I, uh, I, my, my desire to listen to a new episode of James Bonding is on par with my desire for an actual James Bond movie. <laughs> like, that's how much I enjoy them. Uh, it's, of course, with uh, Matt Myra and uh, Matt Gorley. Matt and Matt. Matt and Matt. Matt and Matt. Uh, I, uh, yeah, the, the, they're people who I enjoy hearing talk about things, you know. That's what a podcast is. So uh, that was a good episode. I also listened to a new one, which I'd never listened to before, called Galaxy Brains. Ah, you know what? Uh, and the reason I did is because they had guest Paul F. Tompkins. So, you know, sort of how I mentioned with The Last Laugh, uh, uh, Paul F. Tompkins, my, uh, you know, favorite podcast guest, just sort of period. Uh, one in which, you know, I, I think I mentioned this already for episode 600, I did DM him on Instagram with, you know, little to no hopes, uh, for him to be a guest on my 600 episode. Uh, the odds of that happening are both a fat chance and a slim chance. Cause that makes sense somehow. English dumb uh but you know it was fun to just to ask and sort of a, you know sh give him a little spiel uh, we'll, we'll see if that happens it won't <laughs> uh but imagine if it did how cool would that be anyways uh yeah so uh i listened to that one it was also good uh just hearing people talk about a movie you just watched you know it's something i enjoy and if you do too do it to it uh, moving on to the final item is uh, uh, from Funhouse, our good friends over at Funhouse. Uh, uh, spools, no, I mean Ryan's Bargain Bin. Ryan's Bargain Bin is a, geez, we used, back in the day, we used to call them web series. Uh, now, uh, what the fuck, I'll just call it a web series because I don't care. Uh, it's a web series in which Ryan of Funhouse... Uh, plays a series of, you know, shitty, uh, cheap games. Uh, last season, cause they'll, they have broken them up into seasons. The, uh, the, the ultimate episode, the final episode of the season had on, uh, uh the band Guar, the act members, not the whole band, cause there's only two members, uh, uh, the members from the actual band Guar that he knows. Apparently Ryan is... Uh, Ryan Haley, right? Do I think it's Ryan Haley? Ryan is a f just a fascinating individual. Uh, uh, insane, a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I recognize some of that. Uh, and has seemingly led a, a, a life that is just a series of interconnected uh, insane stories from one to the next, never ending, a, a, a deep pool of never ending insane stories that, you know, you think, okay, well, obviously he's making them up, right? But <laughs> he will time and time again, tell these ridiculous stories and then back them up with video audio uh, proof <laughs> of them actually happening. Uh, uh, <laughs> like for example, there was a story from his hometown of uh, someone who would like sort of break into homes 
uh, and not really do anything, just sort of like break in, you know, move shit around, uh, uh, you know, fuck with shit a little bit. Uh, I mean, eventually he, uh, he, he sort of up uh, as with people who do that sort of thing, he sort of, you know, eventually that wasn't enough and he sort of, uh, up to the creepiness and, uh, you know, was arrested and, uh, imprisoned. So, you know, no more need be said of that. Uh, but, uh, apparently Ryan was one of the quote unquote victims of this, uh, uh, this individual who sort of broke into the house and just watched him sleep for a bit. Uh, so, you know, you hear a story like that and you're like, yeah, sure, whatever. But then he fucking posted the news story showing like his house and his dad <laughs> that appeared on the actual news. I wonder how we get the footage of that actually, which is interesting. Hmm. Anyways, uh, you know, that's just an example. And then he has fucking Guar. He apparently knows Guar. So, you know, the weirdness of him is documented. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this uh, next season. Uh, we're one episode in, and they brought back uh, uh, Spool, who was one of the original, way back, well, maybe not original, but he was one of the way back members of Funhouse uh, to sort of uh, 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 interact with this series, this particular web series, this Funhouse web series, I'm calling it, so fuck off. And uh, it's a delight and insane, and uh, I enjoy it as I enjoy you, folks. That was an episode. Right? Uh, anything else to say? No, I don't think so, other than the usual thing to say, which is, of course, it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things, and I do not mean buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be, won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.